Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. It's safe to say that legendary auteur Jim Jarmusch has a talented roster of actors at his disposal. Bill Murray, Adam Driver, and Tilda Swinton are just a few of the names that would rush to the director's beck and call if summoned. But this fact is not solely due to the director's uniquely wry vision and radiant cool, it's because Jarmusch has never taken the actor for granted. The relationship between the actor and the director is a collaboration as important, if not more important, than any other on set. And some directors seem to forget just how hard the actor's job is. Not Jarmusch. He takes the time to sit down with the actor, recognize their needs, and identify how he can best serve them to get the type of performance they both crave. It's true that over time he's built a shorthand with the actors he's worked with through multiple films, to the point he's even written dialogue with them specifically in mind, but at its root, the basis of their relationship remains the same, respect. Respect seems to be the through line in our conversation today. Jim's latest film, The Dead Don't Die, is yes, a zombie movie, but also a plea for humanity to begin respecting one another and the earth on which they call home. In it, the peaceful town of Centerville finds itself battling a zombie horde as the dead start rising from their graves, a result of reckless fracking which has thrown the planet off its axis. Even more so, it's evident how Jarmusch, a true cinematic chameleon in his own right, respects the medium of film and would like emerging filmmakers to do the same. We talk the director's earliest influences, how music and sound affect every aspect of his production, and how keeping empathy and an open mind are the two most important qualities a director can possess. Now please enjoy the dulcet baritones of his voice. Be as brutally honest as you can. <laughs> okay, I'll try my best. All right, guys. Well, uh, this is a really uh, special episode. Um, I am here with a man who really needs no introduction, but I'll do it anyways. Um, his name is Jim Jarmusch, and he has a new movie out called The Dead Don't Die. Um, it is a horror comedy, I would say, in a way, but it kind of defies even that, I think, in a genre convention. Yeah, I'm not really sure what it is. Thanks for having me, by the way. Yeah, yeah it's. I hope it's funny and, and a bit dark. It's not a formulaic horror film or anything. It's kind of a character-driven movie that is hopefully funny and metaphorical and uh gets a bit dark mm -hmm. i would i'm gonna ask you of course about like your amazing cast because i mean even the, the tagline of the thing is like it's the most uh the best assembled cast of zombies disassembled yes disassembled yeah, <laughs> yeah the, someone at focus features came up with that line but i don't, didn't object at all no to <laughs> But I want to start actually um, talking about your alma mater, talking about NYU, and talking about how film school may have provided you with uh, different opportunities than it would with film school students today, um, if you believe that's a valid statement. What was your experience like at NYU? Uh, your first movies were so New York-centric and so independent, and of course it's something that's carried on throughout your work. But um, how did your filmmaking, your filmmaking education sort of uh, put you onto the scene when you were first starting out? Oh, man. Well, I, I went to undergraduate school at Columbia and studied okay. literature and comparative literature. So uh, then I was in a band. I, I applied to NYU graduate film school, but I had no money or any experience except a love for movies. And I got into the school, and I also got financial assistance. So I did go to NYU Graduate Film School. 
Um, <clears throat> it was kind of mixed for me. There were a few really great teachers that I learned from, uh, an editing teacher named Ellie Hamero. Uh, there were a few good teachers, but mostly <clears throat> I learned from things outside the school. Hmm. But my last year of school there, uh, Laszlo Benedict was the director of the school. He directed The Wild One with Marlon Brando wow. and some other films. But he said... We have a, someone coming in here who's going to teach a guest teacher that I know you're a big fan of. It's Nicholas Ray, and I thought you would be a good assistant to him. Wow. But he, you got to meet him first. So he's in the next room. So I met <laughs> Nick Ray, and we got along really good. So I ended up being uh, Nick Ray's kind of teaching assistant my last year there, which was incredible for me. So that turned out really well, you know, but overall... I didn't get my degree because I made a film that was too long and, you know, there were prob problems about it. Uh, but some years later, I saw that they were using me in an advertisement for graduate film school along with Spike Lee and uh, Marty Scorsese sure. and Susan Seidelman. So I called them up saying, hey, you know... Uh, you're using my name and I don't object, but, you know, I never got a degree. And so then they gave me a degree. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> they gave me a degree. So it was kind of mixed. So, you know, you learn from whatever, uh, certainly seeing a lot of films is very important. And then getting a job on anything. I, I worked on a lot of films, just jobs I could get as a gopher. I was a... I was a gopher for a few days on a hardcore porno film in the late 70s. Uh, I worked as an assistant editor on uh, promotional things and industrial films. You know, I, I did a lot of sound recording for different people's films like Eric Mitchell, uh, Underground USA, or uh, <clears throat> the film uh, Aaron that, uh, anyway, I just worked at whatever I could get, my, you know, just observe and start working in films. I actually, so I'm a huge fan of the Criterion Channel, which just like started up, you know, yeah, months me ago. too. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering, you know, I I watched Stranger Than Paradise this morning, <laughs> just as sort of a prep to reacquaint myself with uh, your earlier work. And I was wondering what sort of influences you had early on in your career. Like, what movies were you watching? Um, what classic films? What classic directors really inspired your work? Well, I, I'm very open. I don't like hierarchical approaches to anything cultural. So <clears throat> I was watching all kinds of things, mm -hmm. uh, from exploitation films to a lot of foreign films. And, uh, you know, what the kind of purity of films by people like uh, Bresson or uh, just, so, you know, uh, Ozu and Mitsuguchi in Japan and Carl Dreyer, mm -hmm. and I was just absorbing all of that stuff. Uh, I was, you know watching classic Hollywood films, a lot of film noir. I was very inspired by Sam Fuller and Nick Ray, who are two of my guides forever. Um, uh, films by Max Ophuls, you know, uh, Douglas Sirk. I just absorbed anything that was moving to me. So it's such a, you know, so many films from around the world that I just tried to keep my mind open and uh, receive these things, which I continue to do. And I'm a big fan of the Criterion channel. Yeah. Um, you know, music seems to also have played such an important part in the way you 
make your movies and edit your movies and just everything about them. Um, can you speak a little bit about how uh, sound and music influence the creation of your work? Well, if you're going to, I've said this before, but if you're going to make a film that's not silent, then sound is 50% of your film. And sound is incredibly important. I, like on The Dead Don't Die, and many of my films, I've gotten to work with a sound designer, Bob Hine, who is amazing. This guy is like a poet with sound, very subtle, and he just enriches the film. So all the films he's, we've done together, so much, you know. Um, and music is incredibly important to me because music and film are two forms that are completely related in that they go by in the passage of time that's controlled. So a piece of music is a certain length, a film is a certain length. So how they both move within that length is musical. Even the images in a film I think of as musical, how, where the cuts are, how they, how they work on you. So those things are very inter interrelated and music is something incredibly important to me. I think if we didn't have music, I don't know why, well, I don't know if I'd want to stay alive. <laughs> you know, I need music's like a drug for me. I need it every day, always. So. Your dialogue, the way you write dialogue, the way you approach dialogue um, is almost musical too, in a sense. Well, it's nice you say that. I'm not sure some critics wouldn't agree with you and say, gee, couldn't he write some dialogue? It's not just, you know, ridiculous nonsense. Uh, well, when I try to write almost always for actors that I have in mind that I would like to, that I'm envisioning embodying these characters. So if I know, I'm imagining Bill Murray and Adam Driver and Chloe Sevigny, for example, which I did, writing The Dead Don't Die, also Tilda Swinton and Steve Buscemi, I was writing for them. So when I get in a good place in my writing and I'm, I'm just writing dialogue, I'm channeling what the characters are saying, and when it's working, I'm just writing it down. I'm not even really thinking about it. I don't feel there's a point I can get to, not always, but when I do, it's really, I feels really good to just be writing down what they say in my head. And it's like I'm not, I'm not conscious of what they're going to say. So that I love when I get to that state. And some of the best dialogue that I write is when I get to that state. I don't always. And of course, I'm very collaborative. So when I'm with the actors, I always tell them, you can change things around. I just want the meaning that I think, what I think it means, I want to stay. And I may not want to explain to you what I think it means because it's different for each character. Yeah. But yeah, I just kind of, I try to approach it that way. You don't want to explain it to, to your actors. And I mean, I think for directors, emerging directors too, you need to put that trust in the actor that they can take what your underlying message is and give them the license to perform it in a way. Well, they're going to elevate what you wrote right. because you're collaborating with yes. them. But the, the danger I found, and I found this in film school, is when people teach how to direct, they teach you how to direct actors. There, it's nonsense because there is no one way to direct all actors. In fact, there's only one way for each director to work with each actor. It's completely, you know, it's completely different for that every combination. So I've worked with actors whose strengths are improvisation 
And I've worked with actors who do not improvise. They follow the script, the map, that's what they want. So I have to find which is the strength in this combination of me and Tilda Swinton and me and Bill Murray or whoever it is. So that's really interesting to me, but it's bullshit. Anyone that tells you this is the way you direct an actor is just bullshit. They're leading you down the wrong way because it's a collaboration. And I imagine, you know, it's it's easier after you've done multiple films with these actors, like to build on that collaboration and to have that shorthand. But when you're like working with actors for the first time, is there anything that you're able to do to sort of put yourself in that collaborative nature to sort of pick up on what the actor needs? Well, I talk with them about how they like to approach a character, and I talk to them about the character, and then we read through the script and talk about it, and often I'll say, do you, does that one work for you, that, these lines? Do you, do you think there's something better? Do you think we need this? How do you feel? Mm -hmm. And we just we find our way each time. It's not that difficult because we both want to collaborate, um, and it's not a fight, you know, uh, Unfortunately, Marlon Brando at one point wrote a book, an autobiography, in which he expressed this feeling about that the director is the director and actor's relationship should be adversarial, and you should the actor should be testing the director and sort of fucking with them all yeah, the time, yeah. which to me is just so unfortunate. Yeah. I don't, and I know even Nick Ray, I know he did a lot of mind games with certain actors. I can't do that, man. We're trying to collaborate. We're yeah. trying to make something together. And actors have a really rough job because they have to be an imaginary person on command. So people that say, and they got to wait and wait. And now, okay, we're ready for you. Let's roll. Blah, blah, blah. Action. Yeah. And they've been sitting in a trailer or on a bench somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not easy. And then they... They wait between jobs, not knowing, okay, what's going to be next? Is this of interest? And even when they do make a film, their best scenes could get cut out and, and they could, and their worst takes could be put in. They're at the mercy of other people. Right. So, man, they got, I'm very sympathetic to them. It's just like, okay, get there, you know? Yeah, and get there. And then what if they did something great, but in the editing room, they choose a, a, a take that the actor would be appalled right. by? Right. You know, and they're at that the mercy of other people. But they're, you know, they're like, when I'm working with them in a way, and I don't mean this in any condescending way, but they are sort of like my children in the way that you will allow your children to freak out or to, you know, have emotional things happen because actors are, wow, they're put in that very strange position of, make believe on command you know that's that's a rough thing and you're working with actors over and over again um you've built this sort of uh collaborative nature with them or is there any way you can sort of instinctually pick out actors that you know are going to be collaborators with you for the, your next films what are these signs what are the what does the ideal actor bring to the table for you yeah i don't know how to answer that i'm very intuitive i, I can't analyze that it's very much a, just a kind of feeling and if you can if you meet them and you kind of you get the vibe, you know, you can you can tell by meeting people. I think you can you just have to for me, I just have to trust my instincts. Mm. But it's not something I could quantify for you, right. you know. 
So I'm uh, going to have to wrap things up here. So I want to ask you a few uh, questions that are sort of related to Dead Don't Die. But um, again, in this filmmaking vein, you know, your movie is an apocalyptic movie. It's set in this world that you've sort of created out of your own mind in a way where you're almost a character in the movie itself, um, where Bill and Adam allude to the fact that you've given them a script at one point. Um, you have there's a very clear vision on how uh, you think the world is going right now, what direction we're going in. Um, so if the world were to actually end in 2053 or whatever, like we're hearing these days, uh, how do you want film to evolve? What can filmmakers do to sort of um, press on the importance of humanity in a way? Oh man, I don't know, and I, I'm not good at telling other people what to do, that's not my thing. I'm still just trying to learn how to make films still, um, which I will continue to try to do. But, uh, you know, I really just, we need new blood. We, film is such a beautiful form, it's a great form of expression. Uh, documentaries have become very important, as now all media, media is corporate, so we need those voices. Um, I just think we need to be empathetic and we need new new blood using this form and no matter how grim the future may be there is always the incredible beauty of having a consciousness and of being a human being and so I don't know what to say exactly except you know uh, I do feel that like denial of this climate crisis and a kind of uh, political bullying and corporate greed will lead to the end of the world unless we are empathetic and together, not divided. So I, you know, I don't know, it sounds stupid, but, or reductive, but I'm for empathy and the survival of beauty and I'm for love between people and and appreciation of human expression and just the natural phenomenon of being of being alive on this planet now okay last question <laughs> <laughs> that was very good um i mean it, it, you know like you say it, it, a i think you hit at it we always have to be learning no matter what stage of our career is in yeah and also the and i'm not good at telling other people what to do but i gotta say that Never, as a f any artist or, or anything you do, scientist, you cannot be afraid of making mistakes because that's what you learn from. So fear of failure is not an option. You, you, you know, you, failure is important because you can do things wrong and you'll understand why they weren't what you wanted. Sometimes you'll do things right, but they're mysterious and you don't quite know why. So embrace your mistakes, I would say. And learn from them, too, and you know? You learn from them more than the things you did right. Right, exactly. If you had, I know you don't like telling, giving people or telling people how they should uh, make their films, but if you did have one piece of golden advice uh, for emerging filmmakers, what would that be? Well, I think that would be it. Like, don't be afraid to fail. Just go ahead and go for it and try things and learn from them. Um, and that's the most important thing. And then to trust your own instincts and those uh, of the people you're collaborating with, that you choose to collaborate with, and trust your, each other 
and trust your instincts and don't be open but don't do things because other people tell you that's the way to do it but again who am i to you know don't listen to me either then i guess so <laughs> gee that kind of erases everything i <laughs> yeah. said it's a catch-22 i guess <laughs> it's contradictory yes all right, Jim. Well, I'm going to let you. Well, thank get on you, man. Thank you pleasure. so much. And and yeah, again, we need new blood. So any uh, emerging filmmakers out there, man, just give it your best shot. Make your stuff. Be empathetic. Keep learning. That's what I really took away from this conversation. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Jim. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the No Film School podcast on whatever podcast platform you so choose to use. You can follow me on Twitter at Jim underscore John underscore Jim. Uh, you can follow No Film School at No Film School. And, of course, check out the site every day for the latest info-making news. I'll see you later.